So I don't know if you want to like prepare something or, you know, totally up to you. You know, we, we recommend that it's a world premiere. Mm-hmm. But even if it's not a world premiere, we will tell people it's a world yeah. premiere. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of our style. It's just to <laughs> lie and embellish. <laughs> what I told you, cuz. People seen it, but they just don't know. People seen it, but they just don't know. Jose Olivares. Yeah, my name is Agnes. AKA. Agatha. AKA. The, the sunshine in your atmosphere. AKA. The wood on this table. AKA. My grandfather's toenails. AKA. Because he's a boss. Hey, that was like a writing prompt. It was. I'm like, we're going to teach that. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Yeah, what is your name? Got a I whole lot really of thought it was going to go Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. Oh. You know? See, it's the in this my head, it was gonna go Agnes, Agatha, Naomi Watts, uh, Claire Huxtable, uh. not Claire Huxtable. Okay, Huxtable <laughs> is not incorporated. Yeah, <laughs> nice. all good options Huxtable and not incorporated. Not incorporated. Yeah. Also, we we have a very special guest with That's us today. True. Please, y'all, put your hands together for Nicole Shantae. Yay! Thank you for joining us, y'all. Yeah, it's a it's a lovely day here in Brooklyn. It is we got, absurdly nice. It's it's a beautiful day. It's eighty degrees. Listen, Listen. It, it is it is for real eighty degrees. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And it when is, this uh, comes out, I feel like that'll be normal. But right now, this normal. is new for us. Yeah. This is like the first beautiful. Yesterday was also beautiful. It was. Today was great. Yeah, but so it was touch like and go. It was like, is it day? gonna be beautiful again? And then it mm. was. And then it is. And here we are. Wait, there was a thunderstorm last night. Did anybody go through that? Yes, I thought it was in my dream, but that was real. It was the scariest thunderstorm. I literally, I thought it was any instant that our home was going to get struck by lightning. I woke up and it was like, flash, 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 over and over and over again. Clap, 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 clap. Literally, like, Maggie woke up and it was like I was a kid again. Like, we had to hold each other because it was scary. I was, like, both asleep and awake. Mm-hmm. Afraid mm-hmm. and not afraid, and like comforted. It was crazy. How was Mish? Yeah. Out like a light. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and that part, I was like Mish. You know what I mean? Like I had, yeah, I had I this missed. whole day. Well, I woke up yesterday at three in the morning because I had gas. So it was mm. terrible. So I'm just Word. like doing all these hey. remedies to remove this from my body. Gas is the worst. It is literally horrible. Like you, you are heavier. You are upset. You move slow. So I woke up at 3 a.m. I drank like a whole thing of water very slowly. I took a hot shower. I had some apple cider vinegar and honey shot. I uh-huh. made another one. It, that clears it up. It works? Supposedly. Okay. Anyway. This hot take. Poetry God's hot take. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> took a walk. Took a walk back. Went to a hot yoga class. Almost passed out. Went home. Tried to sleep. Then finally it dissipated. But so basically all that is to say, by the time the thunderstorm happened, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, you were, I, like I had a whole day. Unless it's more gas, I'm sleeping. <laughs> I mean, me and this gas are just not gonna do it anymore. I've been talking to everyone I love about this gas. <laughs> Podcast, you know what I mean? Welcome to, you are now part of everyone. You know? Aziza loves, you know what I mean? Yes. Congratulations. Let's be 
serious. Half of you are at home considering your own gas right now. <laughs> and being like, how come I never told anybody? And you know? suffered silently. Yeah. Right. And you just probably farting right now. <laughs> praying to fart. Which I was in that predicament. Praying to fart. There's nothing worse than praying to praying fart. Praying to fart. Wow. It's like waiting to exhale. I was going to say, yeah. it's a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, wow. wow. I am this definitely is... Angela Bassett in Waiting to Fart. <laughs> this is the craziest beginning of a podcast. I think it's time to I get into yeah. our usual first segment. <laughs> you know, it's called What's on Your Mind? <laughs> oh, man. John, um, what's yes. on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind? So I'm coming off uh, what was a pretty emotional and really incredible day yesterday. So I teach at a program that I know I've had, Jose and Aziza, come visit and teach with uh, in East Harlem called Bailey House, and it's with a lot of adults. And it's, you know, not necessarily a program where people are, like, it's a service agency, so there's not, like, people who are just there to write, but, like, writing has been integrated into the program in a really serious way. And the way it works is, like, every week, it's almost like a 30-30. Like, a lot of the people in the program are, like, on Fridays, I write a new poem. Or Fridays, I write two poems. And just watching those poems accumulate in the way that they're kept inside of a journal... And almost forgotten. Like, they're, I think they like help people every day and then they move on and like they watch these journals fill and grow. And there's something in that that's really powerful. And mm-hmm. then once every probably like 15 or 16 months, enough of them are collected. We get to edit them together. And after a pretty significant amount of work, they come out in a book, and we do, like, an agency-wide book release party. Mm. And so yesterday, we just had our book release party, and it was so good. Like, the whole staff of the agency, a bunch of the clients came, people were, like, sharing their own work. And I think sometimes I undersell, even as an educator who knows this and, like, wants to move programs in this way, I undersell how powerful it is for people to see something that they wrote, even if it was like one of the first or second poems that they wrote in print and in a collection that they hold. And I just like remember the first time that I ever had anything published. I was like still in Ohio. I was at an open mic in Athens, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Like the person who ran the open mic put out a zine that he, like, designed at home and hand-bound and stitched. That's special. And it wasn't necessarily, like, a competitive publication. It was, like, if you read at the open mic, you you could get in the zine, you know? But I remember when I got it, I just would, like, walk around town and just, like, look at anybody and be like, you know, like, I'm published (laughs) in this. I have a poem here. To various reactions. If you don't care, that's on you. This is very important. And, like, the importance was undisputable. Like, Mm. and so, and I really think of that moment as, like, a moment where I began to think about how to put out a chapbook. And I began to Mm. think about, like, how chapbooks, hand-bound and printed at Kinko's, like, my manuscript and my first book, like, sit on top of those chapbooks. And how important that process is of just, like, Mm -hmm. seeing your work held. And there were even clients there who, like, weren't in the book and hadn't participated in the program. And there, 
this is a complicated <laughs> moment, but I think largely, like, I think of it very fondly. There was a dude there who was like, hey, I have a poem. <laughs> like, after everybody, after everybody got clapped <laughs> for it, and, and, and he read this, he read this, like, double entendre poem that was about, like, you thought the whole time that he was talking about sex, but he, like, it was oh, a lot God. of, like, sex lingo. Uh, but in the end, it was about. It was about a, Did you say sex lingo? I mean, I'm trying to like gracefully not quote oh his yes. poem, which involved words like hard and soft and wet and I don't know. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of uh, I think that's good enough. <laughs> but he like quoted it, and the big turn at the end is that it was actually a tea bag. Uh, never mind. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like a bag that has actual tea in it. This is going off the rails, y'all. Oh, and, and, oh god. But I like wow. looked up that poem immediately. Maggie was there. We looked it up oh. on the and it was there on the internet. We found the poem that he read. Oh no! But I just like he was there. and was like, oh my god, people are sharing poems and getting this really? like unbelievable magic. And he was like, let me find a poem on the internet and read it. And he just Some like people found. Don't understand that. Like, like if someone's getting magic off of that, then you could probably get magic a different way oh. in that space. No question. You could be the ill audience participant. Right. Yes. Just getting it on the claps. Yeah. I think as well though, like one part of, one of the reasons why I feel a little more allowance for it than if like say someone got up and like plagiarized on an open mic is that I feel like especially in places where there isn't like a consistent <laughs> art share yeah. that you can be in that room and you're like I literally have no idea what's happening here other than that it's like powerful and, and I want to be a part of it yeah. you and know? I don't feel shitty here. Yeah. yeah so like I don't think he's thinking of like I don't know Context. Yeah, like publication or performance sure. integrity or like those kind no, of things. He's right. like, I just want to share words and be a part of this magic. And that, and that is actually the foundation of the magic, right? Mm. So like if he were to take the class, he could learn all the other shit. Yeah. But if he has that, that like, that feeling, you know, that's, that's the only reason I think that poets are poets is that they had that feeling once. Mm. And they were like, I have to run around and share I don't know how yet, though. And then, then you, because you live right. in the world, you can learn how. But, like, you know, I mean, I remember being like a little, little kid feeling that. I mean, mm-hmm. all little kids feel that, I think, on some level. Mm-hmm. That's dope, though. Yeah. You it's do. inappropriate, but it's dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate on so many levels. And also, like, yeah. if that's a door that leads him into a group right. that then he writes in, right. and I am like, super, if that's his first embarrassing stakes. poetry yeah. story, yeah. then that's great. <laughs> yeah. Also, I can, I'm trying to imagine the person who wrote the actual poem yeah. and what they're, if they'd be like, I put so much work into that, like, what double entendre sex poem. Uh-huh. That. Wow. <laughs> Here's my thing, yo. I, I feel like Please, I... Please, tell us. I remember, um, quick thing, because I want to know what's on your mind. No, no, so. do, do your thing. All right, it's, like a, it's a couple sentences. All yeah. right, so uh, I was um, in the in uh, Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania, with Adam um, Faulkner, Lauren Whitehead, and Caroline Rothstein. Shouts to DAP, mm-hmm. Dialogue Arts Project. It was incredible, but I remember at one point Adam told me, like, yo, I sung your poem to a group of students just now. And I went, what? He's like, yeah, this poem in your book, I made it a song and I sung it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and yeah. and I, I think it's one of the biggest honors mm-hmm. if someone picks up your work and reads it somewhere. Like, you know, I think plagiarism is wrong. And so if he was trying to act like that was his poem, a person oh, sure. at Bailey House, yeah. then that's not okay. But if someone, I think that, even if someone was trying to front like my poem was theirs, I know it's mine, it's, I'm fine. But like, <laughs> if you felt that 
compelled. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And I'll be fine. You know, he'll be the sex poem dude will be fine. Like yeah. everyone's fine. <laughs> but I think that that is such service and honor and bending toward, you know, mm. in, in like this deeply devoted way. Yeah. I, I mean I have some questions. So which which poem did Adam sing? So it was um the one in Adiba da Eight that was I it was so surprising. It was um one of the Pulp Fiction poems, mm. the first Pulp Fiction mm. poem. And I was like, this one? And it's the one that starts with, I watch a spider weave her web and I am not afraid. Or I am afraid, but I'm not implicated. Mm. And he made that a song? How did you sing implicated? <laughs> How did you sing that word? Have you heard Adam Faulkner sing? I don't can make anything a song and have it just like, <laughs> yeah, truly that's, melt that's your That's a very heart. smooth young man. That is a smooth shouts to Adam Faulkner. Oh, smooth man Look, all 101. Day. It, um, uh, the other thing that I'm wondering is, do y'all remember the first time that you were published? That you were like, how? Yes, I do. What, when was the first time you were published? Okay, so there's two things. Okay. So the, it wasn't published, but it mattered. And some, I had written this poem when I was eight called When and Why America. And Woo! I was very upset. Because <laughs> what had happened? Something bad happened. And everyone's upset. And I, and I wrote down like, America, we got we have a conversation. Like you, you do this and this stuff, but then I can't do this stuff. Why? <laughs> it was like you you go around hitting people on the forehead, and I can't like you know ride my little toy truck on Sundays. Why? Like I was very upset. And so my mom's friend Mary Dale, who's my godmother, is an amazing woman, mm-hmm. um, who like it means a lot to me for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, She'd always buy me drum sets when I was a kid, and my mom would be like, Maridel, this is fucked up. She's like, I know, it's gonna make a lot of noise, this kid. And, and I wouldn't even play them, you know. But so she took that poem, typed it up, and framed it, and sent it to my mom mm. for my mom's birthday. Wow. And now that poem just like hangs in the house. That's a published poem. That's a published poem, you know, and that was my first published poem. Because someone poem. took it upon themselves to make it last. And what could be more beautiful yeah. than that, right? Yeah. To like have your poem hanging in someone's. And it's home. a beautiful frame. Yeah. You could tell she went like to the to the. I mean, it's very Hawaiian looking. She lives in Hawaii, and it's like the gorgeous flowery frame and like this really lovely peach print thing with turquoise ink. I'm like, yes. you did that, lady. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. And that is first publication. Yeah. I just sent my first story to mm. anyone who wasn't in my program. I sent it to my parents. Wow. And my dad. Like called and left a book report on my voicemail. <laughs> that was That's so amazing. happy. Like he like was so careful and wow. kind and like was like I think the themes are this and this and wow. this. I really appreciate this character and this character. Oh, uh, but Nicole, what about you? Do you remember your first? I feel like I don't. <laughs> I just remember having like so many journals and like notebooks. I do. I do feel like I had poems like published in like class anthologies in like mm-hmm. middle school and high school. Um, well, I don't remember the feeling. I just remember being just excited about writing so much, mm-hmm. like it just being like this continuous thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe I wasn't really excited about like the yeah. compilations. <laughs> that makes sense though, because it's um it's complicated, right? Like I think of that as my first publication, which I have not said aloud ever. Mm. You know, no one actually knows that now. All y'all know that, <laughs> but Shout but like you know what I mean? It, it's not something I talk about because I think when like when you get to publishing as a publishing writer, 
I mean, that, like, your ego can get so, I mean, instantly mm-hmm. tied, and, like, it, it becomes part of your productivity, it becomes part of, like, how you view yourself as a productive capitalist in the world, right. like, mm-hmm. you lose sight of the thing that made you wrote the thing, potentially, mm-hmm. but I, I think at its best is when you're, like, no, I'm in a relationship with a journal that houses these other, like, it's a house, you right. know, like, I'm talking to a house wow. about how to live in their house, exactly. and they like that I can live in it, <laughs> and it's cool. <laughs> Listen, yo, that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just rewind that part <laughs> and listen to it a hundred times. You know what I mean? We'll like catch it two weeks. I feel like you just translated what I said, like, so. What's up? Yeah. Uh, so I was hanging out in uh, Pilsen, uh, Chicago, nice. America. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> capital of the universe as it is. Oh my god. Uh, you know, you're, it's old. Yeah. Listen, what, what do you expect? Uh, and I was I was hanging out there with my friend Idami who lives there. Oh, I love Idami. Idami's great. Shout out to Idami. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking and I was like, you know, what have you been reading? Have you, like, what, what's been, you know, not to like be redundant but like what's been on your mind you know <laughs> and uh she was telling me that she had just gone home to Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and uh she was telling me that she was feeling really angry and kind of maybe not angry but like kind of fed up with whiteness and white people uh and she was telling me that she went to her hometown in Puerto Rico and you know little beach town like very little small beach town but now there's like a thriving tourism uh, that happens there, and like surfers come from all over to like surf these particular waves, and so as a result, the economy of her little town, her hometown, which she loves, has been warped. So now mm-hmm. there's like places where you can get lattes there, mm-hmm. right? And there's mm-hmm. like, and she told me this story. She was like, you know, we were sitting at a cafe, just like drinking coffee, and uh, a couple, an older couple from elsewhere in Puerto Rico, they came into the shop and saw that the menus were in English. What? Yeah. The menus were in English, and they were like, oh, like, this is not for us. Like, they knew immediately that this was not a place for them. And so, you know, it got me thinking about, like, and I've been, I think a lot about gentrification, but it got me thinking about, like, the issue, or, you know, it was the first time that I had been able to articulate when I heard her say that, that, like, the issue is not just that, like, coffee shops pop up, it's that, like, everything then bows to, to whiteness in that space, wow. you know what I mean? Or to power. Wow. So, like, even the menus in a place that's, like, predominantly mm-hmm. Spanish-speaking have to bow and now be in English to accommodate mm-hmm. the small handful of, like, very powerful and rich people. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like that those relationships are never equal. There's always no. a power dynamic at play. And so it's got me mm-hmm. thinking about power and about, like, you know, how do we enter spaces and, like, are we entering space in equal fashion or are we entering space uh, and expecting everything to be like kind of subservient to us? Well, I wonder about equal, right? Mm. Like it'll never be right. You know, but I I do, I think, I think in terms of like, this is heartbreaking and wonderful. I think in terms of like gentrification in these spaces, it's an energy thing. Right. And like, are you coming into the space trying to neutral, make neutral your energy? Are you coming Mm. into the space trying to neutralize energy Mm -hmm. Mm. so that you can be the guy, you Mm. know, like, I don't know. I I just I I think like 
I, I'm in Brooklyn right now. It's never, no one can make it equal for me. I don't, I'm not even supposed to be here, you mm. know? Like, it, it, but supposed to then. And so then you have equal and you have supposed to and you have all these things when, in terms of land when, like, it's back to that being in the space with the poem. Like, the people who gentrify have a feeling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they want to make sure that they can Ooh. be accommodated because yeah. they don't trust that they'll be accommodated in yeah. Puerto Rico. So they put stuff on it so that they can, instead of talking, yeah. like, hey, I'm scared because I don't know Spanish and yeah, yeah. I, you might not be into me and like I could probably just get lost in here and yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what y'all do. And, and But the, because they don't say that, they just run on this feeling and don't talk to anybody and put the lattes in the English. Yeah. Right. It's just like, just talk to people or get a translator. I don't know. Do, get learn the language. Like, I don't want to look stupid. No, I don't want to make a stupid. fool of myself. And I you're don't going want to. to, in understanding the culture that's around me, get it wrong or something. And so right. I will manifest or subconsciously build and throw my own comfort zone onto a place which is really just your own bullshit right like then you're not in Puerto Rico you might as well be in Pilsen actually well it's not an exchange it's Mm. like you know like I realize you know when I get very nervous or defensive I just talk about myself Mm. at length ad nauseum Mm. and I'm just I'm building a a coffee shop in Puerto Rico you know when Mm. I'm uncomfortable Mm. They're uncomfortable. They don't, and, and, you know, they're sad a little bit. Yeah. And afraid that they're not going to be heard, I think. So they do this ugly thing. But then they don't take it back. It's my thing. It's like, <laughs> all right, if you know that this is fucked up, can you break down the coffee shop and, yeah. and start a new? Yeah. I guess not. Yeah, so that's that's what's been on my mind, is thinking about relationships, right? Because it's, 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 I mean, it's gentrification and it's systematic, but it also plays out in the personal, you know right. what I'm saying? And so I've been thinking about, like, what does it, how can I be more, I don't know what the word is, but more, I guess, sympathetic and more understanding of the energy that I'm carrying? Like, and like, am I being nervous? And mm. you know what I mean? And like, mm. and sort of put my best foot forward and, and ask and be communicative, you know how what I mean? How are you going to do that? I, I think by, by like forcing myself to step into the discomfort and being communicative and being like, yo, like this is not, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm ve- I could very well be wrong. In fact, I'm probably wrong, but like, I, I like don't know what to do except to like have this conversation right. and to be told that I'm wrong. So then I can right. like, do better. You Cause know that's I mean? love, right? Like that, that's, that's literally, I think maybe what love is. Mm. It's like, I might be doing this wrong. Can you tell me? Mm. And then giving enough of a fuck to tell you. Mm. Right. And that, I mean, you know, I think growing up, like, uh, from, you know, the Disney movies and propaganda and, like, right, whatever right, marriages right. you saw or didn't see, like, you see that you see that love it isn't that. It's mm. for so many people. Mm-hmm. That love is, like, survival. That love is, like, just tell me I'm perfect all the mm. time. That love is just a body in a bed so mm. that you're not alone. Mm. But, like... The love is the thing of like, you sure you're gonna wear that shirt, boo? Like, I feel very upset. You know what I mean? I think that's love. I feel very upset. She gave me. I felt the look. I'm about to go home. I'm about to change. Come on, come on. You're gonna take this sake at the end of the episode. You know what I'm saying? It was an example. 
example. I, listen, I felt it. You, you saw it. John saw it. Oh, oh, yeah, like, you know what I mean? So listen, the podcast funny. is canceled. I got to go change shirts. Oh, I can't God. record right now. <laughs> you know you look great. Yeah. You know you look great. Yeah. On that okay. note, Aziza, what yeah. is it? What's your mind? Other than I'll say, yeah, my mind shirt. is just shirts. And, and apparently, how I can't fix my face. <laughs> um, it's a great shirt. It is a great way. shirt. It's like pretty objectively great. It's in the tie. You're doing it. Thank you. You're doing it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're not that. lying to me. <laughs> no, because I love you, Jose. I appreciate it. If I didn't that. like your I shirt, I'd be too, like, Z. babe, it's, it's, it's your boo's birthday. You got to <laughs> make it right. That's, that's why, you know. I love you, Z. I appreciate that. <laughs> Aziza, what's on your mind? Oh, my goodness. What's on my mind? Oh, so last night, I went to this Kaveh Kanam lecture that Lyrae mm. Clef Van Stefanen was giving. And she's a genius. Mm. And I don't say that word often or lightly or impulsively. Like, when I say genius, I believe that she, Lyrae who we should definitely have on the podcast. I believe that she um, has faith in what this world actually is. And by faith, I don't mean like that she thinks it's going to be okay. I think she has, she has knowledge of what it is mm-hmm. and trusts the knowledge that she's found. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about Phyllis Wheatley and how Phyllis Wheatley was seven years old when she was on the auction block and bought into slavery. And this white family, the Wheatleys, bought her. And her first name, Phyllis, she was named after the slave ship she was on. So Phyllis Wheatley, slave ship white folk. Mm-hmm. And she was cleaning their house. She's seven, <laughs> cleaning mm-hmm. these white people's houses. Mm-hmm. This white white people's house. And she found a lump of coal and started writing on the wall from this top of She saw the cover of a book and started writing it. And you can get killed for doing something like that, even though you're seven. Especially because you're seven. You're so disposable. Mm-hmm. You're small. And... Uh, another slave walked in and went fuck and then told you know, it was just like shit we gotta handle this and Mrs. Wheatley comes in and is like I'm actually not mad let's teach you how to write I'm gonna teach you how to write and she went but on paper not on my wall and so she writes and then she's 14 and she writes this book like on religion and moral <laughs> like on morals like on one you know and she's writing at 14 in 1700s about space travel she's like where are we going to go? Lyrae kept saying, like, what was that child about to do? Mm. She was writing on the wall. What if no one stopped her? Was she going to teleport? Was she going to go through that wall? Like, what was she going to do? Because mm-hmm. Lyrae's point was, um, you know, and I see you nodding, like, Nicole, like, it, Lyrae's point was, like, black Americans, black people are counterspells to this madness, you know? And so how will you how will you counter the spell of being a slave in someone's home? Mm-hmm. You know, write on the wall. You know, do something. Right. She wrote on the wall. And the alchemy there, right, how do you do that then without getting killed? But I think the alchemy of doing it was the thing that didn't let her get killed. You know, it was like, this is, oh, this is a person who deserves not only to live, but to live. Mm-hmm. To write, so we'll give you a look. So we can't we can't undo our evil that much. So we'll give you a little table to the side in the room over there. Right. You know you can't sit with us, but I won't kill you, and you can keep writing. And um, Lyrae was also talking about this notion of I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I realized I was pronouncing it wrong for a while. And a denton or a denaton, a denaton, which is like the impossible 
just the impossible task. And um, she was like, the, we make each other possible by demanding the impossible mm. of each other and the world. And that's how we get to stay here. Mm. And so I have this tattoo on my <clears throat> chest, right? Say that the river turns and turn the river. It's Gwendolyn Brooks from the Sermon on the Warpland. And I got this tattoo, come on and I, come on Felix, shout out, have a matching tattoo of nice. this, because we were in Lyrae's workshop over the summer at Cave, and when we heard this, <coughs> we were like, say that the river turns and turn the river? Me? Mm. Sure. Sure. It's me. I, I am the arbiter of the life I'm living. Mm -hmm. In the terrible, in the joy, in the mix of both. If, if shitty things are happening to me, it's probably because I didn't turn the river. If mm. amazing things are happening to me, it's probably because I turned the river. Nice. And, and in my darkest moments, it, in darkness, I would think of this line for like five seconds. And I'd be like, I could stay. I can mm. stay. And you just go like, huh, huh, huh. oh, I can stay. You know, and you're like trudging along, but then you remember this and you're like, sure. So it's been on my mind just... I guess the condensed version of that is just the like the feeling that we feelings 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 that you have feelings from people sensations if you were like this to me like I'm turning away from Jose that's information that's mm. just information that's right. information and you have to it's your human authority and and imperative to question your feeling mm. and if you don't then you're a zombie person. Like, that's another layer of zombiedom. I'm obsessed with zombies. Mm -hmm. That's another layer of zombie living. It's not just, like, that you don't care about things. It's that you don't think you're powerful enough to point out that you noticed something. Like, ah! Like, a tree notices it's winter, so the leaves fall off. Yeah. That's what the tree does. Like, with each other, too. So, I don't know. I'm just thinking about, like, not being lazy about what is important. It's also like, say that the river turns, but turn the river mm. is more about agency than it is about blame. At oh, least yeah. that's what I hear from oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, hey, this bad thing is happening to no, me, no, 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 no. and it's my fault. No. It's not about fault. Because shit it's happens, about, right? It's about like belief and mm. action. Yeah, that because mm -hmm. my therapist will tell me like, and she'll tell you know she has like a following of people, and she'll tell them like, if you don't like your life, you are a participant in it. So you can start with you. You know, like, it's not to say that, like, you know, bad things do happen to people for no fucking reason. It's true. Yeah. But if you don't like something, you're also involved with the thing you don't like. Mm -hmm. So you got to start somewhere. You might as well start with a person you literally have to live inside of. Right. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could talk about this for another hour. For life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This uh, is our uh, life's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Nicole. Yeah, tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind? Um, Our most esteemed guest. <laughs> that's a hard question for me because I'm like, like a super introvert and I'm always thinking about a bunch of random shit. Wait, can I cuss? Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't, you yeah. wouldn't be Fuck. here. Uh, <laughs> shit, damn, yeah, motherfucking body. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of like feelings, um, I recently started dating this like really beautiful person. Mm. Um... And recently we went out, like, and we were at this, like, space in which people were dancing and music was playing. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, we're just kind of 
standing next to each other and I'm like super nervous <laughs> um, but then the song comes on a uh, special affair by the internet oh my Ooh. god the anthem mm, what, where a, were you that this play <laughs> I we might have to play that after the podcast <laughs> okay. as we close out um, we were at this place called Star Bar in Brooklyn um, okay. and it was actually for I don't know if y'all heard of a queer abstract. It's yeah. like a performance mm-hmm. series by Shannon, Shannon Metesky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have like a variety show portion and after that it turns into like a party. Awesome. Um, so I come with this girl that I'm like really feeling and then the song comes on and she like wraps her arms around me and then like she's trying to dance with me and I just feel like I don't want to say paralyzed because I feel ableist but I just feel like stuck like I can't mm. move mm. and I'm just like what the fuck is wrong with you like right. and in my head I'm thinking like you teach dance you've been dancing since you were 12 like mm. this is your this is your song mm. you like this girl and like my mouth is dry and I'm mm. just like in that moment like I feel like I'm in seventh grade Aww. like it was just like instantly like I'm in seventh grade and I I was thinking about um this essay, or maybe it's a vignette by Sandra Cicinetto, is called mm. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she starts off saying, like, what they don't tell you about birthdays is, like, when you turn 11, you're also 10 and yeah. 9. Wow. And and, like, all I, need these, okay, <laughs> I need to read this. I need to read this. It's, it's required reading. <laughs> um, so I was just thinking about, like, in that moment, like, just being, like, instantly in this, like, other age that I really felt, like, was gone, like, it's so far removed from. Never gone. Um, and then also, like, as a person that struggles with depression and, like, also being an introvert, like, I'm generally, like, very somber or, like, apathetic about most things. Mm-hmm. And so to have this, like, shock of, like, feeling was so overwhelming mm. that I slept so well that, like, yeah. that, like, <laughs> my body is just like, what? Like, yeah. what is happening? Like, I was just so socially exhausted and, wow. like, also frustrated with myself because, like, you need to make a move. Like, this is... <laughs> like, it was such a perfect moment yeah. and then I just fucked it up by being a seventh grader. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Although, I feel like Patricia Smith has this line, or said this in an interview, talked about, like, a poem is when a narrative has been stunned and can't move forward without further commentary. Mm. Wow. And I feel like I find so many little narratives... Where I'm like immediately younger than I am mm-hmm. because there's something there. I'm not saying this is what happened with you, but like with me, I'm like, oh my god! Like I just like where I'm just immediately like 12, and I'm like, God, what do I need to like figure out about 12 year old me to like right. get them um, out of this conversation or to wow, integrate them that. into the older kind of like wiser yeah. person that I integrate am now? Sure. Yeah. Because like. It's true. I just will like immediately lose the things about myself that I feel are most developed. Yeah. I'll be like, man, I'm not funny. I mean, and you might not, you know, think I'm funny, but it's, <laughs> shout out to the podcast. You know, uh, Everyone listening, you've been listening this John long. Sands is the funniest person on this podcast. But I'm like, oh man, a joke would be great here. And <laughs> Anything. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I sure wish there was a yeah. joke. I, if only I had some jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you start like nice. saying words that aren't words. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like you make like the stupidest joke. You make the worst joke. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. thinking about the ice tea story you told. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a big fan. You're not. He met ice tea. He's not a big I fan. Did. Yeah. <laughs> 
I hung out with Ice T. Did you? For seven okay. seconds. Okay. <laughs> but you know me. That he slowly moved away from. Aww. Sometimes it's like the yeah. opposite, like where I feel like I'm on this high of like doing all the things. Like yeah. I'm teaching and I'm like performing poetry in front of all these people. And then I like almost forget that I'm an introvert. And yeah. like I'll mm. like be in a small space with people and I'm just like, oh shit, like I'm like I'm actually like really shy. Like what yeah. am I doing here? Like mm. I need to go home. Yeah. <laughs> like even like um when you asked me about this podcast, my first thing was like, Well, I'm not famous. Like I can't <laughs> <be okay." laughs> like, That was really what you took me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I was like, I was super excited, but then when I, I was just like, oh, but no, like, I'm mm. like, I'm like a child. Like, I can't mm. talk to people. There so. are famous children? <laughs> yeah, they're famous. But I feel like they're always fucked up, though. They, like, oh, yeah. end up being, like, meth heads. And, yeah. I mean, they're working on it. Some of them, maybe. I don't know any yeah. of these people yeah. are thinking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, they're you know. <laughs> yeah, shout out to I hope Ellie they're Joel working Hobbit. on it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> But you know, it's interesting that you say that because it's like when that you were so overwhelmed with feeling, but you fucked it up by being a seventh grader. I don't know. I don't know that you fucked it up though. Like you, you shared something with this person that, like, because in my head you were dancer. You know, I follow you on Instagram before I deleted my Instagram. It's just like, oh, this woman is dancing all the time. Like this woman is just like, that's what she does. She dances and she gives that to people. And like, I couldn't picture a world in which something would stun you from dancing and like I dance also and it's always those moments where because honestly like I realized that like more than writing more than literally breathing like I'm actually like the thing I actually want to do is dance mm-hmm. like I don't want to do anything else right. like I wake up in the morning and like if you ask me what do you want to do just dance can we go dance can I, yeah. can I dance can we, is it time to dance now <laughs> like it's just like why do I have to do anything else yeah. but dance like I don't want to plan anything I don't want to write anything I don't want to read anything I want to go shake my ass somewhere why can't I do it <laughs> and so I think it I think it was like not to be like it was important you have that moment but it, I think <laughs> I think you allowed yourself to be like type vulnerable with someone yeah. mm-hmm. like OD vulnerable with someone and of course you slept well. Like that's awesome. It's awesome. It was, like, it was like drooling that. sleep. It was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's magnificent. I think that's awesome, dude. And and you know what? Like it's it's a story that you'll tell forever because yeah. it stunned you. That's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. it does suck because that song is really hot. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Right. To have that right. so, you know what I'm thinking about is the moments where like like you were saying like where couple really big highs happened and I'm like yo I'm cured y'all I have solved this conundrum that. called humanity you know what I mean like <laughs> it's so I have transcended into my god self you know what I'm saying <laughs> he, was right. he, was, he was right but I, I really have those oh, moments where I'm yeah. like listen y'all I'm, I'm done good. being shy and awkward and mm-hmm. like I'm just Living on another plane now, you know what I mean? You know, right. yeah. And I then almost immediately, I'll have a moment like that, <laughs> and it'll be like, it'll be shocking how visceral it feels, and yeah. how in the moment I'm like, oh no, still, still me. Like, and, and, but what I, what I think about is like, there there are no cures necessarily. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. like what, what you were saying, like like process, like learning to face the emotions, right? Yeah. Like the feelings. Yeah, I mean, I I think a cure, this notion of cure is, like, so Western. Yeah. Because it sounds like pill, you know? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, literally maybe anywhere else, it's, like, lifestyle. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> everyday choices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like um, like in Ghana, right? I was living in Accra, Ghana, for about six months, five months, and I have like digestive issues and whatever. When I got in, whatever, and when I got there, the way that we were eating, like you eat a big bowl of hot soup and some like fufu. Uh, which is like a doughy thing, mm-hmm. and then and like that's lunch. Like for breakfast, it's like English continental because they were colonized by British people, so they, they mm-hmm. the English took breakfast from us. <laughs> but you could also have um, wachi, which is like a I never ate it, but a different version of breakfast um, or some fruit. And then like at, for dinner, you have another big bowl of hot stew and like vegetables and fruit. And so like you're constantly cleansing out so that you don't hold any like carcinogens, mm. poop. Like, you know, you're just, like, moving yeah. stuff. You know? And it's so hot, you have to drink so much water all day, and so you have people on the side of the streets, vendors, selling little sachets of water, like, in bags, and you just drink them shits, it's, like, 20 cents, you know wow. what I mean? So I was just drinking water, like, every second, because it's 90 degrees every second. <laughs> and And so all that to say is, if I were to live there that way, all the time, you know, there's nothing that's being built up Mm. There's nothing that's I'm holding, and mm. if I am holding something, it's probably then emotional, and then and then what's that? You know, I yeah, believe yeah. people can grow tumors from an emotion that they haven't dealt with. I think that's all that cancer is, you know. Mm. But I think it's exciting if you can identify it as that, as opposed to like the food or the air or the, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's just yeah. my thing around the word cure, you know, and right, how right. serious no, it I can be you. because yeah, yeah. I definitely will feel like, oh, I'm feeling good tonight. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with all the other shit I gotta do, all the other work. Maybe I'm good. Right. And don't you tell me I'm not. <laughs> and the other side of cure, though, is like if you then experience illness or not wellness again, mm-hmm. then you are to blame because you know what it's the cure fault. is. Yes. And you're, you know what I mean? Like in that moment, it's very easy to blame yourself and be like, like why can't I do the thing that I know I need to right. do? You know what I mean? And yeah. it's not about blame. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So maybe a different question. Yeah. I'm curious. I know we talked like a little bit before the interview, and I don't know, if you don't want to talk about this, it's cool. <laughs> but I was like, "Where are you from?" And you say, "Like, hey, I don't really say I'm from anywhere, mm. but I was born in Wisconsin." Mm. Or I guess the easy question is just like, "What were you like as a kid?" <laughs> 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 but I thought that, that was like an interesting lens in on yeah, just like I want to hear about the that. idea of childhood. So I'm like curious about that and the idea about fromness. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually, like when people ask me, like in passing or on dates and stuff, I just say, like, I'm from my mama or I'm from my Grammy. Um, but I was born in a very small town in Wisconsin called Sheboygan. Mm. Um, and I absolutely hated it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually wrote a poem called Not an Ode to Sheboygan. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You read this poem? Uh, yeah. It's a great poem. Yeah. But I moved a lot. Like, we moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, we moved to uh, Indiana moved to Alabama, went to Georgia, South Carolina. So my child was very split between the Midwest and the South. Um, and it wasn't because, like, I was a military kid. My mom was just, like, very insistent upon getting out of poverty. And so if she ever got... She was always looking for jobs, like, mm. always. And she didn't care where it was, like, we were going to go. So, but as a child, I was, like, incredibly shy. Um, I've gotten a lot better now, but like crippling shy. Like mm-hmm. I remember peeing on myself 
because I was too nervous to ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and also, like, transitioning from the north to the south, like, I wasn't accustomed to saying, like, yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. So when mm. I came to the south, they thought, like, I was being rude and, like, cold. Mm. Um, and so I had to learn to, like, speak to people and say good morning and, like... Mom. Yeah, and you can't say huh or things like that. Like, you have to say, like, ma'am or sir, like, with a question mark at the end. Right. <laughs> and then, like... Moving here, it's it's crazy because I feel like I'm even like undoing that more. When I first came here, I would like smile at people on the street, mm. like "Hey, how you doing? Good morning." I even wave at people because that's what you do in Alabama, like you wave at people. Uh-huh. Um, but I just kind of learned that no, nah, that's not that's not that's not the way. Double on time. Like okay, like everything you're saying right now is amazing mm-hmm. because this is literally like the work I'm obsessed with. Is this like? reverse migration mm-hmm. thing and then and then reversing it again I love that like to say yes sir yes ma'am is a warmth like mm-hmm. did you find that as a warmth over time because uh, as, opo- as opposed to the coldness of not right because yeah over time it was but initially it felt very much like policing what I was saying right and because I was so nervous to speak in general when right. I did say something and I was like punished for not saying it correctly I was right. just like oh shit like I have to be super careful about everything that I oh, say just yeah. more rules more rules mm. a whole lot of rules what do you think about those rules now that you're not living there in Alabama um some of the rules I appreciate like which ones like when you walk into a space like you're expected to speak to everyone that's older mm. than you as like a term of like respect mm. um and then also like there I feel like a lot more communal activities like having family dinners and stuff like that I'm not a religious person but I did enjoy like the songs in church but church was like incredibly too long like we shouldn't be there for six hours <laughs> like that's absurd you shouldn't be anywhere for six hours <laughs> Even your favorite place you should leave after yeah. six hours. Yeah. Ugh. yeah, I do miss the heat. Yeah. I do miss the way that people talk. Like, in terms of, like, what I, what I tell people is, like, Southern rappers were the first poets that I, like, really understood. Yeah. Like, which ones? Like, I, got, I have to say Outkast. Yeah. I have to say... Fantastic. I have to say Ludacris. Yes. I have to say T.I. Yes. Big Crit. Yes. Like... You also have this really phenomenal poem about Gucci. I am like, Yo! <laughs> Gucci I'm, man. I go so hard for Gucci. Damn, that just like made my day. Look, That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. When, so, when, when, and so when did you start? Is that was that like the first time that you became interested in language and in words, like listening to southern rappers? Yeah, because okay. we took a lot of road trips and mm. we were always listening to the radio, and that's what was popping. Mm. Um, and I say now, like, Gucci is to the hood what Shakespeare is to, like, mm-hmm. academia. Like, he's just, like, for one, like, so fucking prolific. Like, yes. he just yeah. has mixtapes for, like, days. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. even an exaggeration. Yeah. And then, like, when he was, like, locked up, he was still producing. And, like, yeah. droves of people were saying, like, free Gucci. Like, we don't even know this nigga. Like, the, the latest album that came out, was that one when he was in jail that he wrote? No, his latest one was, like, all about, like, him getting out and, like, he okay. lost a lot of weight. And then there were rumors about, like, him having a clone because people didn't believe. What? <laughs> yeah. So he really is, like, this mythic person. Yes. People are, like, yes. not sure. Yes. A clone, my nigga? Yes. Yeah. So, like, clone? You know, it's funny. There's a great... Um, I'll send this to you. You probably have read it, though. Of, um... Profile of Gucci Mane in, um... 
Billboard, I think. I saw some someone wrote, and and they wrote Gucci Mane is the boogeyman of hip hop. Like, mm-hmm. and there's like this whole article about like about the mythos of Gucci Mane, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, like, this is the dude that has the fucking ice cream on his face, yeah. like, yeah. Burr. like you, know, it's, you could just have a teardrop. You'd have a whole ice <laughs> beverage <laughs> on your face. Ice beverage. Like, what is this? But you know, it just. I think, like, there's something so exciting and thrilling about a person who is so unreal. And mm. I think that's the Shakespeare point. Right. It's like, you couldn't have written all those plays. Right. And only lived to this age. Right. Mm. You know? Yeah. And then mm. also, like, they were talking about things that I could relate to. Like, being poor and, like, going to the store and getting freeze cups or, like, mm. chicken wings and, like, selling drugs. Like, my father was in jail for a good portion of my life. Um, and so the first time I met my dad, like, it was, like, going through a metal detector mm. and, like, being surrounded by all these other strange men. And, like, my father and I were pen pals for a really wow. long time. Wow. Um, and he before, send, you had, before you met him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and we would send, like letters back and forth and he like handmade these birthday cards for me it was beautiful um and then he also like started writing my grammy um because he wanted to create a book for me that was like a guide of life or whatever so he would like write to her about specific things like she wanted to incorporate and like brainstorm like different titles of what it was gonna be um so like letters in my family are extremely important because we've had so many people um go to prison so i think Hip hop and also like letter writing was like my go to into like well, the whole the whole game. Right. So when does that bridge get made where you start you start like you're not the fan anymore or not not the fan anymore but you move from like fandom to creator mm-hmm. and um, how? Well, in high school we had this. Um, I think it was similar to like Urban Word. They came into our school, almost ran by a poet named Dasha Kelly, who's like my first mentor. Dasha mm. Kelly? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they came into our school and started doing like poetry workshops. Also, I went to performing arts high school and I danced, and my, also my major was creative writing. So I was like constantly creating, but it wasn't until she came in that I start, thought about like actually performing it. And I mm. remember my first poem. Um, like, I don't remember what it was about, but I remember holding the paper and, like, literally shaking the whole time, <laughs> just looking down at it and, like, shaking. And from that point, I knew, like, I don't want to hold paper. <laughs> I don't want to wow. hold paper. Is that, because I've never seen you read for paper. Yeah. Wow. So, wait, do you read memorized? I, I, most times I do, there are some exceptions, but oh, I just prefer not to read without paper because it shows my nervousness even wow. more. Yeah. That's but awesome. afterwards, like, when I like put it down and like sweating, like people were just like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was just like, "I think I want to do this. <laughs> this is cute. This oh, is cute." Yeah. And it's always like the right hand shaking, and then you like move it to the left, and yeah. that one is shaking too. Damn. Yeah, I was Man. definitely a shaker. I was mm. definitely a shaker. And then wow. um, after high school, I wanted to get as far away from Wisconsin as possible, um, so I went to school in Georgia. I studied poetry. My minor was women's studies. Um, and I kind of got into the Atlanta scene there, which isn't that big, but it is like very intimate mm. um, and beautiful. Um, and then after I graduated college, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just applied for this random summer job in Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then it was like working for a feminist organization that specifically works with teen girls. And so I moved up here and I didn't know what was going to happen after the summer job. I just knew that I wanted to be up here. 
Um, and then the summer job ended and I was just like frantically like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I actually have to pay rent and like be an adult. <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> this was, what was this? This was 2000, I graduated in 2015. Yeah. Oh, this is like yesterday. Very <laughs> <laughs> <Last week. laughs> So I got a job at this charter school and then I found out that charter schools are trash. Yeah. Well, that specific one. Was well, they're like pretty really trash, yeah. Which one? Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shout out. Yeah. And yes, Not I was living. The old, very dope. They had me in this hotel because they were like having the people that worked there like could live in this specific housing, but they weren't built yet. So I was living out of a hotel, and then I quit the job, and I was still living in the hotel. It was complicated. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then I started looking for work because I like really wanted to teach. Um, I didn't know what I I know it was either going to be dance or poetry, but I didn't know where. So I started applying for jobs in Brooklyn and the city because I eventually wanted to migrate here. Um, and then I got a, a gig at Big Brothers Big Sisters, and I started commuting from Newark to Brooklyn, mm. which was its own headache. Um, but then I got some more gigs, and I was like, okay, I have enough money to move, so I moved here. So wait, what's your first teaching gig? Like teaching poetry. Teaching poetry. Well, actually, I taught poetry when I was living in South Carolina for a little bit. Mm. I was just working with, like, fourth and fifth graders. We just wrote, like, acrostic poems, and it was Mm. cute. Oh, that's very (laughs) Were you nervous? I was extremely nervous. I'm always nervous. (laughs) I think that's great, though, dog. I really do. Like, I I think, like, like, slight tangent, but nervousness, I think, is one of the most important things ever. Mm. Like, it's so... I think it, it exhibits such humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think being in New York, I feel so much pressure to, like, be sure of myself and, like, yeah. not be nervous at all. And I feel like I've met so many artists that are, like, mad confident and, like, Looking. their art is trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they spent all day and night prepping that persona yeah. instead of writing the poem. Yeah. Yikes. And I have met those people, too. Yeah. And... I've been those people, mm-hmm. you know. I've definitely been that person, that young person that just wanted to look good and make it go good and make it done. Like, yeah. and that was the problem was that like I was so focused on like how will it be when it's done, like right. when the whole night is done, mm-hmm. as opposed to like I need to write so I can live. Mm-hmm. And if there's a night, then that night will be magical if I can share it. Yeah. But I still want to make it look good oh, yeah. and go good. And I mean, I think about so many of the rooms that certainly as a teacher, but also as a performer and the level of who was I talking about? Caroline Rothstein was talking. I was talking with her recently mm-hmm. about something, but she said something that felt appropriate in terms of like some of the rooms in which she shares work was like, my poems are vulnerable enough that I also have to exhibit some level of like confidence and control mm-hmm. in the room so that I'm not just leaving all the audience members out in the cold. So it's like a weird skill set of being like, certainly as a teacher, you're like trying to model vulnerability, but you're also trying to build a house right. inside of which students feel like, oh man, I could reveal who I am in here and not feel like I'm going to try to lean against the wall and, like, fall into a lake. Absolutely. Or something Mm. like that. And so it's, like, both of those things happening at once. But I agree, like, I think, I don't know, something I always say to the students, like, students, and honestly, something I have to say to myself probably, like, 
once a day mm -hmm. is like not to invest and maybe this is kind of what you're saying too Z like not to worship the product yeah. but to understand that like that when I see somebody open up and bloom in a room that I'm also witnessing the result of a significant amount of work that yeah. I did not mm -hmm. witness exactly. that I'm I'm witnessing their failures in witnessing their success mm -hmm. you know and so that to have your own failures <laughs> feel as though they're your product as opposed to your process because mm -hmm. you're putting it up against what you saw of somebody else feels so uh like um like it stunts you right. <laughs> it makes me put the notebook away mm -hmm. and identify as someone mm -hmm. who has no business writing in the notebook in the first place or something yeah. like that you know yeah. Word. Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about your choreo poem I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> By the time this comes out, it will be over, actually. Um, but right now, like, I'm working on producing a choreo poem. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Another Goddamn Lesbian Movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it incorporates um, modern dance, uh, poetry, and, like, digital art. There's some projection pieces in it. But mm -hmm. it weaves together this, like, black queer love story. Mm -hmm. um, there are four characters. I got a grant from the Brooklyn Arts Council. Congratulations. Hey. Thank you. And so I wrote it, I choreographed it, and I'm directing it, which is like wow. a whole new thing for me. I've been in shows, but I've never like been in charge. And also I realized that I am doing like some producing work because I like had to book all the rehearsal space and like find the venue and like yeah. handle all the money. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Let me know if you need a stage manager. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious because there are, so I went to um, Planet Horizons at NYU and um, there's a bunch of young black women who would love to help you. Absolutely. Because their whole problem is that like finally there are black women in their studio. Like when I went, it was just me. But um, now they don't know what to do, you know, mm. like in the world. Yeah. So I know they would really appreciate it. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Of course. Um, so yeah, um, I've been, I create like choreo poems like when I, um, do features when people ask me to do features like if I have like 25 minutes I'll craft like a specific set of poems and you know add like choreography to them mm -hmm. um, but I've always wanted to like branch out and have like actual characters and make it more like a play yeah. um, and Tosaki Shange is like my literary hero mm -hmm. um, that makes sense yeah <laughs> um, so I really like want that to be like I want to follow her legacy in that mm -hmm. way of creating mm -hmm. these pieces um, and this specific choreo poem, like, it, it addresses um, mental health mm -hmm. um, and gentrification and violence against um, trans folks. Um, and it, it really, like, explores what love looks like between, like, friends, but also, like, romantic relationships. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and very much is a product of, like, like five years of, like, thinking and reading and dating and like being sad and being ecstatic and like Word. it's like really huge so I'm like very excited but also as you know very nervous <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so good uh, and so um, wow. my mentor now is our Erica Doyle which oh. is like oh. 
guy. What? <laughs> you gotta get our <laughs> She's amazing. She's She's I have a small story that I would love to share with y'all about this magic woman. <laughs> please, please. A, no, I want to hear more about this play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so she's like um, helped me like edit the script, and she's like gonna come to some, some rehearsals. Of course, she's gonna be in the audience. But yeah, so I'm currently in a fellowship with the Poetry Project, and so they nice. granted me her as a mentor. But I met her through oh, um, nice. Poet's House, and now she's the workshop facilitator mm. there because I gave her this raving review. Yes. <laughs> Um, but she's like been extremely encouraging and that like when I got the fellowship she was like you don't need this you don't need me you don't need this like I'm really glad you got this because you know money is helpful and you out here <laughs> money is helpful <laughs> <laughs> but she was just like you're doing like some incredible shit and like you need to like stop underselling yourself yeah. and like like just be great like so I'm yeah. asking for permission to be great yeah. and like just be great just be it. yeah so it's like our mentorship is really her just gassing me <laughs> no but, but but she's not right like that's funny and I love it but she's yeah. not you yeah. know what I mean like so like she like I think to the to the point of like and I get the joke like it is a joke I, yeah. don't, I know you're not being like she's gassing whatever but I, I think though that like sometimes you literally just need someone to remind you who you are yeah and like that's their role in your room it's like, hey, hey, I think you're forgetting who you are because you're not asking for what you need and now shit's weird. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that's an important role. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy it's her for she, you. Yeah. She's great because she's so, like, bubbly and she's, kind yeah. that you don't expect to hear from her, like, hey, you playing. Like, yeah. don't stop playing. She cuts. She cuts. Stop playing, yeah. you know? And, like, that's, you know, she and I don't have that dynamic yet, but I'm excited if that ever shows up for it to show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she introduced me one time for a show and she had in preparation to introduce me like had read through like all the interviews I've ever done since I was like 17 years old <laughs> and she was like in his interview with Creative yeah. Kid, it's like, one year project, you know what I mean? Like, She's thorough. Yeah. She's thorough. You know, it just like, and I was like, damn, well, I don't really need to do these poems anymore because yeah. y'all just have completely seen through everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that happened, her and Alex Cuff hosted a reading that I went to that the only, it was just two features, her and Alex Cuff were hosted. That was the one that I did. Oh, yeah. the yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the set. Yeah, I saw the one with Mahogany and Lauren Whitehead and Ooh. literally they're two also introductions yeah I mean it was one of the best shows of all time that's a crazy part of this city is like the best show you've yeah. ever seen is like 35 people in like a musty piano <laughs> bar at like 2pm <laughs> on a Sunday yeah. you know what I mean like at, as you walk in you're like man I'm so happy to be like of course something in my body told me to be here but then all of a sudden I feel like I've had so many like moments like that in this city where it just sneaks up on you and you're like and, and really, that's a testament to the ways in which they introduce those people. Like, yeah. their introductions... With care. With care, yeah. examination, and somehow, like, while still putting that poet forward and all they're doing, like, a grappling with mm -hmm. what they're suggesting. You yeah. know, like, their, it's a, their introductions are a mode of expression mm. that feels so powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Man, I'm bummed I miss yours. I'm bummed yeah. <laughs> it was uh, a. It it's true. It was me and Kamon and. Uh, oh, that's a pair. That's a pair for the age. Yes, it was. It was a really good show, but like, 
I was I, I hadn't been to a Segway reading before, so I didn't know I was gonna get this pig. Right. <laughs> and so I, you know I had prepared, but then you know when I heard our Erica's uh, introduction, I was like, damn, like now I kind of want to do like different a whole, things. Yeah, yeah, I want to do like a whole other set now. That's uh, so funny. Yeah, but it it was it was great. Um, yeah. Damn. So in like believing, you know, or just like being great in that process, especially since you're directing people, mm. like A, what does it look like? And B, do you find yourself in moments where obviously you're writing your own poem, your decisions are just to write it or not to write it, right? Like to say it or not to say it, but how does that collaboration look? And since it's your piece of art, are there moments where you feel like you have to like take control or something like that and be like, mm. no, 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 I have a vision and you have to do it this way? Yeah. Or does it feel, like, how does that collaboration pan out? I think I definitely have, like, a concrete vision, but also, like, I'm a very indecisive Libra. So things Yo! Like, <laughs> Hi, family! <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Wait, are you an October Libra or a September Libra? October. Which October? October 15th. On the 8th. Nice. Yep. <laughs> we need help. <laughs> All the time. So, like, uh, in rehearsal, um, some things will happen, and I'll just, like, this needs to change. So I'm very much, like, I have my vision, but I'm very flexible, and I'm very, like, collaborative. So I ask people, like, what they think. I may not take their opinion, but I believe in, like, laying mm-hmm. out things and, like, being diplomatic. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And also, like, working with young people, I feel like I'm just more of a facilitator as opposed to, like, a cold and hard director which so that's I mean has its pros and cons huh? that's who's acting in the poem is young people no they're like in their 20s oh okay yeah, like, like they're people? my peers okay yeah they're four four that's yeah. a good size cast yeah. and they're good. like incredible people like one does pole dancing mm. one teaches yoga one is like in all these like queer performance art shows yes um one the youngest one she's in school right now like studying women's studies and like she's just trying to get back into dance so like some of them are like really experienced and then um, others are like still trying to that's like develop their way and i really wanted that like i wanted Mm. it to be like community building as opposed to hiring all these professionals because i want to learn as much as like i want them to learn and like you know you know i i come from a very similar bent as you like in terms of um curating a space in that way and I think that's really exciting especially when the piece of because it's a new piece of writing mm-hmm. when the piece of writing is really new it's fun to have people who are just peopling yeah. for the most part to, whose impulses are really natural and not um, there, there's no training for some of right. them right like no acting training yeah. for some of them so what I love is um, you know shout out to Nabila Lovelace she is an actor actually she just don't be doing it all the time <laughs> but like she did it like in high school and she's a badass actor I mean, she, she won't tell nobody that that's fine um, you know she that's was fine in, she was in Blacks right yeah, yeah. she. you know you she's came great. to see it and yeah. thank you for coming to see it yeah. she was in a reading I asked her to do um, a reading of my play Blacks which is like going up later in the year now which is we're like, at but in Steppenwolf. What city? In Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> get this out of the way. Okay. Chicago, <laughs> throw it out. I mean, listen, I, I feel like I've contained myself. The connections of Gwendolyn Brooks and uh, Ludacris. You were very Pop. calm. You were very calm. I'm your. <laughs> <laughs> Aziza and Jose just shook hands. 
<laughs> diplomat. Diplomat. You know diplomat <laughs> from Chicago. Yes, not yeah. from Harlem. But you know, I will say slight tangent about Chicago. I really love Chicago. A, listen, I, I went for I'm the first time a couple weeks ago, and I was swooned completely, <laughs> like pretty thoroughly. Anyway, um, yeah, but so like. Uh, Having her in rehearsal, I remember there was this one monologue, right? So the, the the first line for this character, right, is fuck that nigga Jamal. And for years, years, you know, there have been actors who've been incredible that would like, you know, take the line and try make the line and try to I'm shimmying right now. So like, you know and Nabi, what she did, what no one has done, literally walked up on stage and went, Fuck that nigga Jamal. <laughs> and I went, That's it! <laughs> I was like, That's what I've been years like just clap it out boo clap it out and you know i think it's important i think it's so important because how are you gonna get fuck that nigga jamal yeah. you know you wrote fuck that nigga jamal or you wrote something nicer <laughs> but like you know sometimes it, it takes someone who has no affiliation or tie to the yeah. craft of acting to be like look she wrote scrub the toilet so i scrubbed the toilet right. i didn't pantomime it i went and found a toilet and scrubbed it right. you know that's exciting. Yeah. Also, just want to say, if you ever get a chance to go to one of Nicole's shows, you really mm. do have to see Nicole live. Yeah. Uh, I got to see a feature that you did at Urban Word. Mm. And for real, it. I, I mean, immediately I was like, oh, like, Nicole is writing movies. Like, wow. There's like, wow. you know, there's, it, there's this, like, choreography, but all of the writing is very visual. The images are so wow. strong. And... Uh, yeah, just just really beautiful, beautiful work. Would you it's want a, to write a movie? Thank you. But, yeah. I really want to write a web series. Mm. Um, that's like one of my. Go to Bow. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me asking. Well, I live with two people, and we identify ourselves as brown girls and and best die. You gotta come see my play <laughs> again, again now. That's amazing. So I definitely want to be based off of like our experiences. Living it should together. be. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. Um, Yo, let me know. Like, I don't know. I just like being involved. Okay. What's something that's happened in your experience where you're like, oh god, I need to write a play because this story is like um, ridiculous. I think I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. We're gonna see it. We're gonna see it. We're gonna see it. That's amazing. Coming to HBO 2019. But like, for real. Yeah. But like, for real, you know? Like, that's. Yeah, holler at me. You know? That's exciting. And I think, too, you know, I was talking to my sister about this. I think now that there are, like, black voices doing that, you know, Atlanta on FX, Insecure on HBO, mm-hmm. fucking, you know, all, like, brown girls, yeah, you know, independently, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all the platforms. This like very possible. Very possible. But also that, you know, that I recognize something in myself. There was a fear that I had that was, like, entirely capitalism, Western, and gross that has kept us from doing shit at this level, which was, like... But they think there can only be one. Right. Mm. And now I kind of think there can only yeah. be one. And you know what I mean? Like, that's gross. So, like, there should be brown girls in Best Eye. Just as there are brown girls in Pilsen. You know mm. what I mean? And, and there should be a multiplicity. Right. Because they have the, you know, monopoly on multiplicity. Yeah. Which is an absurd concept, yeah. right? You can have Friends and Seinfeld and Frasier and, all the, and right. no one is bored. Yeah. <laughs> So, everyone's bored. But, no, like, that's exciting. Yeah. 
Yeah. The inspiration for my choreo poem came from watching Mad Shit on Netflix under mm. the game lesbian section. Mm. And just being really annoyed by how white it is. Mm. Um, it's so sad. <laughs> and just, like, the stories about specifically, like, queer women are always, like, about deceit and, like, leaving, like, a husband. For the... Yeah, like... For, for the, the lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You ruined like your life for this bitch. Yeah, That's the whole like, narrative. <laughs> it's just like always about coming out, and I just feel like. And sadness. Yeah, like, it's like a lot we of have sadness. whole lives. Well, it's like, also like. Sorry, go ahead. It's also like a fact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, the fact of my. The moment of my coming out is not the fact of my queerness. Right. It's just the moment that I came out. Yeah. And probably moments that I came out. I mean, for me, it felt like. It felt like I'm still coming out. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. It's just not very interesting. And so the Cory poem, like, makes fun of, like, these, like, tropes, but mm. also, like, tries to present what I feel is, like, a more nuanced story, specifically mm. for black queer people. Yeah, because I wasn't seeing it. No, because yeah. it ain't there. Yeah. I like that they dance. Yeah. Like, lyrically or they evocatively. Dance. They had to dance. Yeah, but, mm. you know, like, like not just, like, at a club, like, getting it. Right. But, like, you know what I would love, actually? I would love, like... And we'll talk about this after the podcast, but just um, there are moments in Blacks now that's being like staged where there's dancing, like at a club or whatever. But I think there should be like moments of emotional, mm. evocative, like lyric dance. Right. And you know, because when we when, when you went out to the club and heard Special Affair and all that, I mean, that's a scene like right. for an age. And when you were like this, that's there's also a dance within this, yeah. you know, a dance within closing up. Like, if everything just melted away and it was just you dancing as seventh grade you, like, oh God, what am I doing? <laughs> like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's like, I, I'm excited. Like, so in the web series, would there also be dancing? I think so. That's amazing. Yeah. How do you envision it? Like, when you say, like, you were, like, there has to be dancing. I think for the choreo poem, um, like, the theater production and the stage, um, I feel like it had to be dancing because, like, that's how I, like, process things. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like, in the composition of my work, like, I will, like, dance and then add words to my movements in terms of, like, developing the piece. Mm. And then other times it's the other way, where like, I create words and then, like, I use my body to, like, either edit it to make it more precise of what I'm trying to say. Um, mm. So it's just very much a proud, part of the way that I think and breathe and, like, exist. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it has to be a part of my work. And also these characters are dealing, like, with very tough things, and I feel like it's just... You gotta dance. Yeah, you have, you have to dance. Or you're not gonna be able to do it. Like, it just has to be there. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's just... And, and my understanding of, like, my... Uh, I guess the concept of love, I, I just think what you were saying about, like, the whole shirt thing. My, my, my requirements for love is, like, is dance. Because I think it is, like, a very yeah. vulnerable thing. Yeah. Um, and, like, just being expressive and, like, surrendering yourself to movement when words just won't. Words can't do it. No, mm. they can't. They ain't it. Will you share a poem with me? <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> On the topic of words, <laughs> yeah. <and> how they <laughs> ain't it. Would you like to share a poem? This language, you know what I mean? Would you like to? believe we're already at the end. I know. Let's just stay. Can you hang out? Like, I, I don't know. Out. Yes. 
Okay. Oh, wait, um, hold on. We gotta get you at home. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta set the stage here a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> maybe you're at home. Maybe you're on the train. Maybe you're cooking dinner. You might be driving to work. Mm hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you're driving a Jeep. Could be. Maybe you're driving a Hyundai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> I feel like those are the only two cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the only two options. <laughs> driving a Jeep. But maybe you're in the Hyundai. Wherever you are, yeah. you know what I mean? We need you to. You're on the bus. Uh, yeah. If you're in public, you're in private, you're listening on headphones, you're listening on uh, speakers, we need you to get real loud, put your hands together, make a lot of noise for Nicole Shante White. Hey! This is called Affirmations for the Dark Days. Mm. When I say I know revival, I mean I am steam. Mm. I am the tea kettle's whistle. Even when I'm done, I am ready. Didn't you come here because you found my blood in your breakfast? Mm. Wanted to watch all of me spill and spin? I've explored my orbit enough to be sure that I cannot be dimmed. Femme, black, queer, and woman, but whose skeleton gets used to being dismantled? Veins uprooted over an evil laugh. Don't call me a warrior to make the anguish less grueling. Mm. This song is an assembly line. My heart produces remixes. My head relearns what to do on top of my neck. Ain't nothing about me gone. Come on. I'm bound by an inherited spell. I am my nibbling's first step. An avocado's core. Yes, the forest floor. I am never not alive. Can you tell I've been hollowed here? Noosed by now? Don't bother asking what happened. I've learned to cry my whys out. I've seen what messes have been made of reason. In this song, the sad girl sings, I am lovable. I am lovable. I am And everything begs her to believe it. Love reminds her to drink water. Love leaves Kleenex within arm's reach. When darkness leaves her motionless, love says practice being a monument. I wait for feeling to return to my fingertips, eventually. And I usually have dishes to wash, mm. a shower to take, laundry to fold, love to receive, a waltz to weld. I couldn't number how many times I've risen. I battled at least two shadows to make it out my house today. But even when I lose, when I'm covered in a quilt of mouths determined to stitch loud lies, I write this song eventually. I mean, I know a dark day staccato by depart. When I say every breath is revival, I mean, the sad girl has the range. Mm. I mean, the sad girl reigns, even when despair's crescendo cuts her roar. Woo. Give it up, y'all. Woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. wow. Oh my God. Was that a world premiere? 
That <laughs> that was the yeah, word for you. Welcome here. You heard it here first. You know what I mean? You heard it here first. Poetry God's world premiere. I'm stunned. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was yeah. That was a beautiful poem. Thank you for listening. Oh, Thank you for goodness. having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for being on the show. Where send us. me that? Thank you. <laughs> Where can the people find you? On the internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, on Instagram, um, my name is Nikki Bad Apples. N I K K I Bad so Apples. Yes. It was like a name given to me. Like I was freestyling with my friends, and then it just randomly came up. And I was like, "That's it." Nikki it reminds Bad me of Apples. Morgan Hart nice. Morgan Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And people assume it's her nickname, her <laughs> middle name, and it's just simply not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nikki Bad Apples is also a great AKA. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Nicole Shante. I recently stopped using my last name. My last name is White, and I just mm. don't vibe with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm Nicole Shante now. This Nicole is me. Shante. Yeah. Yeah. Good to meet you. <laughs> awesome. We're the Poetry Gods. You can yeah. find us at the Poetry Gods. And I don't think people, a lot of people, know this. We have an Instagram account as well. Hey. But pretty much exclusively, it's photos of poets when they were kids uh, and you should just go over there and look at it because it's pretty heartwarming right now we don't Very have a wealth of photos but we but we're gonna slowly accumulate them and you're gonna want them in your uh feet from time to time you know it's true mm. yeah you can email us as always we are at email the poetry gods at gmail.com and you know what if you are feeling kind and you like this if you want to slide over and give us a five-star review, yeah. uh, maybe write a few of the first words that come to your mind, you have no idea how much that helps us and how much we appreciate it in this grand labor of love. Uh, so, you know, think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time with another world premiere exclusive poem <laughs> you can find only on the Poetry Gods. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Peace. <laughs> we believe it, but they just don't know. I like what I told you, cuz. We believe it, but hey. they just don't hey. know. Hey. Yeah. We believe yeah. it, but they just don't Woo. know. Do it. I'm right back at him. I'm in the I know you feel hesitant, but I'm